from Stephen King's Cycle of the Werewolf. Somewhere high above, the moon shines down, fat and full. But here, in Tarker's Mills, a January blizzard has choked the sky with snow. The wind rams full force down a deserted center avenue. The orange town plows have given up long since. Arnie Westrom, flagman on the GS and WM Railroad, has been caught in the small tool and signal shack nine miles out of town. With his small, gasoline-powered rail rider blocked by drifts, he is waiting out the storm there, playing last man out solitaire with a pack of greasy bicycle cards. Outside, the wind rises to a shrill scream. Westrom raises his head uneasily and then looks back down at his game again. It is only the wind, after all. But the wind doesn't scratch at doors and whine to be let in. This is Gothic. Welcome back, everybody. How's the quarantine treating you? Oh, so great. <laughs> yeah. Wonderful if I wasn't essential. <laughs> oh, oh, we man. thank you for your service. Yeah. I'm actually enjoying my little vacation. It kind of reminds me of, like, summer vacation, like when I was in school. Like, summer break, you know? But scarier. I, I enjoy time by myself, so it's not driving me mad or anything. May have driven our characters a bit mad. Uh, may have driven some of our fans a bit mad waiting this long until we return to the gothic then. You guys were facing off against the Blood Moon pack of werewolves of Bledson after having linked up uh, with Lockmar Kane, son of Lazarus Kane, and current alpha of the High Moon Werewolf Pack. The vegetarian werewolves. And he's got a hold of Nathan Redbone. And Torntongue, the leader of the Blood Moon Pack, has Nathan Redbone lifted up by the throat, threatening to rip him apart. And that is where this episode begins. Oh, so brutal. <laughs> Jesus. He got snatched. My boy got snatched. Oh, Ugh. poor Nathan. Okay. Um. So, so this uh this this menacing werewolf is he purposely holding up old Redbone to get our attention? No, he's doing it on an accident. Like, <laughs> I mean, did he just casually stroll around the corner with his midnight snack, or is he like, haha, I'm taunting you? He seems to have more or less responded to Lockmar's own howls, cries of wolven fury that drew Torn Tongue and his pack to you, which is what your plan had been, but you didn't, of course, plan on Torn Tongue having Nathan Redbone in his claws. But no, uh, Torn Tongue is standing there at the edge of uh, Bledson, actually standing on an overturned wheelbarrow. He is holding Nathan high, quite easily seen by you in the fitful moonlight. What do you do? So uh, I, I feel partially responsible for this because I kind of split him up and sent him off not thinking about him being werewolf bait. 
do you, Chauncey? Do you? I, I do. I do. I'm trying to be a nice guy. I really am. Uh, I didn't want him to be werewolf bait. That's the whole purpose of sending him away. Uh, okay, so I'm going to step boldly out to this, this mangy alpha male wolf pack man-eater, who is clearly not of the vegetarian variety. And I'm going to... I'm, I'm going to ask him to uh, parlay. How intelligent is this guy? You have no idea. Well, God dog it. Okay, small words. Then. <laughs> small words. God damn it. Okay. <laughs> uh, what was his name again? Torn Tongue. Torn Tongue is what uh, Lockmore had called him before. And you don't know for sure that that's this one, but it seems fairly likely. There are two other werewolves behind... Torn tongue. But he's this one who's got uh, our friend up in his his jaws. Clearly looks like he's leading the back. All right, I'm going to call it Torn Tongue. Release that man. And he turns and his maw is dripping with frothy drool. And he looks directly at you, Chauncey, who have strode forward. And he says, why should I do that? Because if we work together... We can overcome what is happening here tonight. But if you set down, you start down that path right there, I don't think that we could we could ally together and help each other. We didn't summon you over here just to to pick at you. We have come seeking your aid. Why should we give such a thing to you? You are but prey for us. And at that, Lockmar says, "Humans are not prey, Torn Tongue. They are us." Humans are us. We are human. And Torn Tongue just laughs. <laughs> us. Humans are us. Food for us. Yes. I'm going to call out to him again. Think of the bigger picture here. There is a bigger predator in this area right now. And what will you happen when they don't wipes out only not only your food supply, but starts taking out members of your pack? You need us as much as we need you. Roll Dark Manipulator. I'm gonna roll it. I'm gonna roll it. I dropped my dice. I'm gonna roll it. <laughs> okay. I like Nathan Redbone. Yeah, me too. Alright, here we go. And it's off of... What is it? It's off of my charm? Hold on. Uh, I think it is. I think it is from charm. It allows me to manipulate. Uh, yeah, so it would be my charm. Yes. Okay, here we go. Here we go, guys. Plus one. Uh, oh no that's an eight uh, no. well that's not bad I thought you had a failure there no no if I had a failure I'd totally burn a luck point for, for old red bone <laughs> <laughs> um, especially since I'm responsible for him alright eight what proof do you have that something threatens my pack which is not weak and ineffectual like the pups there. Do we have the, the journal that we found? Did we bring that with us? Could we, like, show that to him? Did he not see the, the tentacles in, in the darkness swallowing up the sky? And That may have been a function of the uh, mode of travel we were using at the time. Oh, is that what? Okay. Well, hold on, because Lockmar said that he also saw that. Oh, okay. It's like all the supernatural creatures in the area saw that uh, superimposition of the tentacles of what you know is called the Dweller over Bledson as it exploded upward out of uh, the Castle Cane. 
All right, yeah, I'm going to tell him. Are, are you are you blind to the the darkness that has swallowed the castle whole, and now preys upon everyone here? Yes, and has released darkness upon the world. Excellent, I say. The better to hunt mortals in. I have been doing this for a while, and let me tell you what: there is no there is no we when it comes to the forces of darkness. There's just things smaller on the food chain, and as soon as it gets done eating these people in this town, it's gonna look for the next tasty morsel. And buddy, you're really, really low on that food chain. He looks contemplative, as much as a red-furred, bloodshot-eyed werewolf can look contemplative. Strokes his little chin tuft. <laughs> He pulls Nathan Redbone closer to uh, his face and says, Little mortal, do you agree? Do you, who was so easily captured by my claw, think that we will fall prey to that which doesn't even exist in this realm? And Nathan goes, I, 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 Yeah, I kind of do. And you're choking me a lot. <laughs> And Torntongue says, well, perhaps, perhaps. Hmm. Do you have sway with these mortals, Lachmar, Pup? Not these here, but those of the town. And Lachmar says, you know who I am in the town without my wolf form on, as I know who you are. And Torntongue says, can you make it so that the wolves are no longer hunted? Lockmar says, so that the wolves are no longer hunted? Um, he looks at you all, and then he looks back and says, Yes, yes. <laughs> hmm, well then, perhaps we are in danger. I like it not that there are predators greater than me in this realm here, in the county Bledson. What would you have of us, mortals? I'm uh, look to Lori. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> um, what do you know of the Dweller? Only what we saw. The tentacles, the power, yes, that destroyed Castle Cain. Well... Castle Cain itself is an anathema to us. Cain's predators also stalked us in the night. Nothing so powerful that it could threaten us truly, but harried us enough. Right, my pack? And the other two wolves whimper and howl a little. Uh, those other two wolves, by the way, one of them is huge. It is a big black-furred beast of a wolf, and the other is silver-furred, silent and constantly pacing. We are no friends of Cain, nor of this Cain here. And he nods toward Lockmar. Have you seen anything come from the castle? Anything being be released? Besides this tentacle or darkness, creatures, minions, something that would set its will upon the town. It seemed. Oh, yes, you. And he looks at Nathan Redbone and then tosses him aside. Nathan goes sprawling and then scampers over to where you all are, rubbing his throat. Yeah, I was going to go. Oh, right. that hurt. Quick inspection. Does he need any uh, help? Uh, he has taken a bit of harm. I'll heal him. Okay. 
Um, Did you wish to roll to heal? Yeah, I'm just trying to decide on the course of action to go with from there. Here, Nathan, it seems uh, you're always getting yourself into trouble around me. Let me see what I can do for you. Right, doesn't it? Uh, plus cool, ten. Nice. Well, I believe on a ten, you don't even have to take that into yourself. You just heal it, right? No, heal it, and they're stabilized. Now, go and find Isabella. Make sure she's safe. Righto, Captain. And try not to get snatched up by any more night creatures. He looks at uh, Chauncey and uh, gives a little half salute, and then jogs off, occasionally stopping and rubbing his neck again, but mostly from memory rather than from actual pain. <laughs> <laughs> I love Nathan. He's so good. Tone tongue. Yes. Now, now that we've got all of the mortals out of the way, let's say we investigate Castle Bledson together and take this thing down once and for all. I have a feeling that it's still trying to make its way into our world, and if we can stop that from happening, that is what we must do. Torntongue leaps off of the wheelbarrow in that one leap, like, covers half the distance between him and you, and the others quickly follow, although the silver one almost seems to vanish in the shadows that she moves through. I'm going to keep my eye on her. She makes me uncomfortable. And he comes up close to Grace and starts at Grace's knee and then goes all the way up to her ear and just in one long sniff, just... I hold still, but in my hand I've got my silver dagger in its sheath in my pocket. Some of you are mortal, it seems. Extra mortal. She does have access to magical powers. I would not take her lightly if I were you. I lift my chin at him. Torntongue takes one long nail of his claw and puts it up underneath Grace's chin and just kind of lifts it and then just looks almost into her. Grace, you get the feeling that he's trying to decide whether you'd be better roasted rare or, you know, more medium. He's looking at my face? Yeah. Let me make this a little more clear, Torn Tongue. While he's distracted, I pull my dagger out quietly and uh, let him know that it's touching his tummy. And I smile very gently at him. (laughs) (laughs) Well, perhaps she does have tricks. Some mortals do. Sometimes all it takes is for a prey animal to put up enough of a fight to be not worth the trouble. If you two are done stroking each other's fur, can we get on to the castle? Lockmar just looks at Chauncey and just shakes his large head. <laughs> yes, let us be off, says Lockmar. So what do you do? Last one, Tom. Is this all that remains of your pack? This is all there is of my pack. We are the three who splintered off when the pup there beat the old Alpha. Not anything I could not have done in the moment. And Lockmar growls at him and then... Torntongue growls back, and they, like, hiss and growl and snarl at one another for a few moments. Yeah, I'm going to sit there and take a moment to get that mental image of the two of them ripping each other apart and the good fun that would be. And I'm going to kind of push that out of my head. And um, so, how do you feel about hunting larger prey? Let's go. I already agreed to help you, says Torntongue. And I've been wanting this for a while, says Lockmar. 
as if you can distinguish their voices from one another. They're werewolves. It's hard to tell. <laughs> yeah, they're they're wolf people. This is your home. Lead the way. We're strangers here. <laughs> so you want Lockmar to lead you toward um, where Castle Cain is? Yeah, we do that. Either or. Whoever is the more alpha male of them, and I'm going to kind of imply that in all my sayings <laughs> and talkings between the two of them. Do you say that part? Because that's going to involve then both of them trying to move ahead of the other. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm going to kind of, I want to kind of inspire some competition between these two. No, we need to let that energy go to waste. You know what you're trying to do there? You are attempting to, um, I don't know, how should I say this? Manipulate them into being a certain way. Uh, through your words <laughs> and action. So, how about rolling Dark Manipulator? <laughs> I will totally do that. All right, here we go. All right. Uh, uh, that is an eight. Man. It's kind of a tough one on manipulate someone because it's, uh, they'll do it, but only if you do something for them right now to show that you mean it. <laughs> if you ask too much, they'll tell you what, if anything... I'll give my praise to the one who can do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I like it. They head off in the direction of, presumably, Castle Kane, down a road that heads out of Bledson and through the countryside. And yes, they, they lope ahead, sometimes one, sometimes the other, taking the lead, sometimes getting so far ahead that the other two wolves, the silver one and the big black one, come in close to you three and sniff and seem to be somewhat investigatory, but they have not said anything, and they don't come so close as to actually pose a threat. Oh, I, I definitely want to keep my eye on them and make sure that I've put myself in between uh, Grace and them as often as possible. Yeah, I'm also keeping my eye on them. Are you keeping your silver dagger out, Grace, I assume, or? Yeah, reversed grip so the blade's lying against my forearm so that if I trip on something, I don't stab myself. As you proceed down the road toward Castle Kane, a ground fog wells up, and as the town of Blitzen recedes further and further behind, and the ground fogs rise from the moors, and clouds obscure reveal and obscure again the blood-red moon, there are sounds out in the darkness, terrible sucking sounds or distant cries as of some poor creature in pain. What do you do? Listening to these, do any of them sound familiar, like earthly creatures, or do they sound just like kind of demonic gibbering? Some of them sound like the howls of hellhounds. Some of them don't sound like anything you've ever heard. Some sound like people screaming. Some of it is just odd sounds, and it's not like constant, but it's just every once in a while. Does it seem like they are... Uh, filtering through from another reality into this one, or it, 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 is it more clearly in this reality? Yeah, I'm kind of assuming that these are like, you know, phantom noises, that if we were to go off and chase one of these... How about somebody read a bad situation? You can choose who? Since I asked first, I guess. Sure. Yeah, why not? I, I have no interest in going and helping anything in the dark like that. You go right ahead. Thanks. Go ahead. Go ahead, Lori. Read a bad situation. <laughs> Ten. Awesome. Wow. Uh, Hold three. Yeah. Nice. Oh, that 
offers me a lot. And how far away are we from the castle now? You're probably still another half an hour, solid half an hour of walking. What's the biggest threat? You listen to those sounds, and you understand that there's things out there in the dark, but they're probably not a threat to you immediately now, unless you were to go pursuing them. They don't seem to be concerned with what's going on on the road. And are you stopping while you're listening for these sounds that you've begun to hear, or are you continuing to walk and just stopping whenever you hear them? Just periodically pausing to like hone in on it. And like I said, the biggest thing I wanted to figure out was whether it is something in this reality or whether it is something otherworldly yeah. and filtering through. Uh, are there dangers we haven't noticed? You are hearing those, and that's uh, so. Those are those are clear and present dangers, but a distant one. The closer dangers just appear to be losing control of the Blood Moon Pack. And as you pause and let Lokmar and Torn Tongue get further ahead, those two seem to become more and more aggressive, more and more likely want to, well, have breakfast. Hopefully each other. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> They're a vegetarian, damn it. <laughs> well, one of them is. Not, well, yeah. I, I didn't mean Lokmar when I was saying that, but Lokmar and Torntongue, because of the actions and manipulations of Chauncey Candlewick, are way ahead of you now, uh, almost lost in the fogs, while the other two, the silver one and the black one of the Blood Moon pack, the ones that are not vegetarians, are much closer. Oh, gotcha. And you have one more question, Lori, if you, used, if you wish to use it. We, we can't spend our time on these small distractions. We must hurry and catch up with Torntongue and Lakmar. I agree. And what's my best way to protect the victims? Victims in this case being whatever the rest of the pack is really trying to go after. I think it's us. Mm, yeah, that would be you. And, and your best course of action uh, to deal with that does appear to just be to catch up with Lokmar and Torntongue, who can control them better. Well, I'm so glad that I asked. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it's just the obvious. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, hustle them on. Usher them right along. Can I, like, when, you know, at a time maybe when uh, Lokmar and Torntongue are getting particularly aggressive at each other do like a sharp like a psst, or like a hey remember why we are here and what we are intending this isn't the time or place of course do you wish to also spritz them with water yeah i spritz them with water i take a spray bottle out of my dress and <laughs> <laughs> bad lycanthrope uh yes uh, grace can absolutely attempt to do that just get them um, back on track a little bit you don't have dark manipulator, so all you can do is just talk to them and they can, you know, do as they will. Probably growl at you and sniff. Yeah, they, they growl and sniff, and yet they do um, tend to pull back a little bit. They do continue running further ahead, uh, continuing to try to outdo one another like Torn Tongue will run off the side of the road and, and leap off of uh, stumps or fallen trees and make these huge, long leaps. And Lakmar then will put on a burst of speed and just, like, 
completely outpace Torn Tongue. But you, Bravo! you are able to, good use of your rewards, you did offer rewards, so <laughs> you are able to more or less keep up with them close enough anyway that the uh, other two wolves of the Blood Moon Pack do not just outright attack you. And it is eerie moving through the fogs with them. And you're trying to keep an eye on that silver one, but if she doesn't want to be seen, it seems impossible to see her. Like occasionally she'll just vanish out into the into the fogs and you'll just have a feeling of a presence around you. And then sometimes she'll just show up like a few feet from you on a side where you weren't expecting her to be. And the other one, the the big black one, just seems to look at everything around with just this ferocity that it just seems like he wants to just rip anything and everything, including trees, cartwheels on the side of the road, the road, you, just into shreds. And you can <laughs> easily see that if Lockmar is the alpha of the Highmark pack, then, um, yeah, these guys are definitely more ferocious and fierce than, than the... Uh, rest of the uh, pack that Lockmar controls, although not apparently more fierce than Lockmar, uh, which is something that might be of interest for you to know. You know, there's a part of me, deep down inside my little black heart, that uh, wants to let these guys get a little too far ahead, and we <laughs> handle these two, and then we just sort of slowly sort the problem out. Maybe after we've dealt with the giant tentacle demon that tore the castle apart? Yeah, 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 yeah. Just a thought. It crossed my mind. It had been there for a second. When they started considering us, I started considering them. And then finally, ahead, the ruins of Castle Cain appear from the fog, jagged teeth of stone and wood, like the jaw of some huge golem, fallen now dead and decayed to the earth. So the castle... It is nothing like you saw it when you first approached. What seems like days or even months ago <laughs> and yet was really just a few hours when you came to the doors of Castle Kane and it was opened by that manservant and you were led into the opulent dining room of Lazarus Kane, Lord Bledson, to a sumptuous feast and to all the horrors that came. But at that time, Castle Kane rose up four stories in places with towers and those other things that castles have. Observatories. <laughs> Turrets. And crenellations. Crenellations. Buttresses. And buttresses. Is my coat there? And Chauncey's coat. <laughs> and the shoddy help. <laughs> and the shoddy help. So the castle actually did get destroyed. That wasn't just in uh, whatever vision we all shared. Lockmar and Torn Tongue rejoin you, and Lockmar says, We are here, but this, of course, doesn't look the same. I'm going to turn to Lockmar, and we're like, You know, you put up a good run, but uh, I think Torn Tongue had you in there. Torn Tongue says, Of course I did. <laughs> Lockmar just shakes his head. I will not rise to your baits, Chauncey Candlewick. That's for later, when we have our final reckoning. Well, shall we have a, a sniffing competition next? Is that, uh, is that in the books? <laughs> Lockmar goes, what do you wish to do now? So we know that, that whatever it was uh, that was happening here was a ritual that was occurring somewhere in the depths of this castle. I'm guessing that part of uh, 
whatever those chambers underground, they might have survived the collapse. Yeah. Maybe we can begin looking for that. Yes, yeah, so let's see if we can find our way down to the, the basement, maybe even the original hallway that we left when we left. Is it structurally sound, Patrick? Are we just going to be climbing and digging through rock? I didn't assume we were going to be teleporting inside, but, um, you know, making our way carefully and making sure things support our weight and such. I'm going to guess that the answer to that question depends upon uh, your role of read a bad situation. Of course. <laughs> Lori continues to read the situation as bad. He's just reading the whole Lori time. Lori reads the situation badly. <laughs> Seven. Is- Hold one. Okay, well, crap. That limits me. I don't know. There's a clear answer that I want to know on that on that, that list of questions. You can discuss things. It's okay. I think what's the best way in? I mean, that's what I was going to go with, too. But I love the idea of are there dangers we haven't noticed? Like, is this really the same castle? Because we did just idea. go through a fog, and maybe we did cross over into, say, another realm. But I don't know. That's Well, how about this? You find the best way in, and then one of us will start, like, investigating. Okay. What's the best way in, Patrick? Several portions of the wall have collapsed. Now, you all were, when you were last in the castle, on the steps going down. That was when you were debating whether or not to actually proceed, and you ended up choosing to try to get uh, Nathan and Isabella to safety and then remove all of the options for sacrifices from the castle. Uh, And that's, of course, when all hell broke loose. Well, all heaven broke loose? (laughs) When you first went to the uh, Convocation of Angels. Yes. Oh, yeah. And then hell broke loose when the tentacles erupted and flung the spiritual parts of Castle Cain out across the land. And apparently some of the physical parts, too. Maybe or maybe not. I guess you will have to investigate that here in a moment. So your best way in is actually near the conservatory, which is a crumbled portion of wall on the other side of the moat. But it is the shortest distance between you and those stairs going down. Okay. Which you can't see from where you are, but you know where they are roughly in the floor plan. So, yeah, I was actually just going to say, as we're kind of going up to and, like, uh, you know, circling around the castle looking for the best entry point, can I be paying close attention to the floor plan and see if it matches up with my recollection of what the castle was like when it was whole? Because uh, I also suspect that, you know, there may be interplanar, you know, shenanigans going on. So I want to make sure it's it's at least physically, floor plan-wise, the same castle. Yeah, so investigate a mystery. Woohoo! Plus sharp. You got this. Guys, I don't got this. Oh. It's a three. Thanks, new dice. You're going in dice jail. (laughs) You have bone dice for a reason. Yeah, I'm gonna use my bone dice for the rest of the day. (laughs) I keep removing references to bone dice from the audio, too, so it doesn't make sense sometimes to leave them in, and listeners will be like, bone dice? What the hell? Bone dice? dice. What the heck is this? Dice of bones. What did you get? A three. She got a three. (laughs) (laughs) I rolled two ones plus one. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was bad. It was great. My shiny new beautiful dice have failed me for the first time. 
as you are all trying to figure out how to cross the moat and to get into that section that will take you to the stairs that lead down, Grace, you're looking it all over and everything looks to be in the Everything that's still there appears to be in the positions that it should be to be Castle Cain. Just a Castle Cain that has not even collapsed in on itself, but has sort of blasted outward. Yet what you also see is a figure standing oh, good. just inside the, the main doors of Castle Cain. And those doors are blasted off, so it's an empty doorway. But you see a tall, gaunt figure that you easily recognize as Lazarus Cain's manservant. <gasps> oh, no! There's a I with my coat. Oh, no! And he vanishes back oh, into the darkness of the castle. That terrible manservant! I point him out to everyone else. He's got my coat! Look, look that terrible <laughs> servant has survived the explosion of the castle! Of course it would be him! <laughs> Alright, I'm gonna get my coat. Let's go. <laughs> Just be wary. Because if one thing survived in there, that means other things could have survived as well. Well, one clearly did. The worst one. <laughs> the worst one! The worst one! The creepy one! The creepy one! The one with the terrible manners! So, there are things here in the castle, though. Well, first, let's turn to our mortally challenged friends. And, um... <laughs> mortally challenged? I love it. <laughs> I was like, to all four of them, did you see the thing that dwelt in the, in the doorway? What do you think? Would they have? Well, we are going in that direction. Hey, you know what? It could, it could go either way, because they could be looking for other things. Sniffing around at uh, the ground. Yeah, and... I, I would say one of the one of the leaders would probably have, have seen it, because they were kind of watching what we were doing. Okay. They were kind of like with us. Which one do you think it would be? Lockmar or Torn Tongue? Uh, I'm going to say it was going to be Torn Tongue, because, you know, he won that competition. <laughs> All right, so Torntung says, Yes, I saw the servant of Cain. I know him not well. He does not leave the castle, growl. That's because he's a bad servant. Lockmar, what do you know of this servant? He has always been with Cain since Cain arrived. And Lockmar goes, Yes, his, uh, his name is something. Oh, something. What a good name. That's a great name. Yes. Yes, says Lockmar. His name is Human Man. Person McNamerson. <laughs> he is called Graf. Graf, like like uh, you plot on a chart. G R A F. Okay. Graf. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, my stress is earthing itself in strange ways. So I'm gonna turn to the rest of you before we press on. I was I'm gonna like just put our heads together here. Can we agree that nothing inside this castle is good? Nothing inside this castle is good. Everything inside this castle is bad. I, I fully agree with you. We could put these little lupine friends on Seek and Destroy uh, on the castle grounds. That's not a bad idea. Uh, Lockmar, I can assume you can move much faster than we uh, poor bipeds can. Of course. You all can, uh, you know, and sniff around and invest. Pardon my usage of the term, but investigate things much more uh, quickly than we would be able to. We could flush things out and we kill everything that, that tries to leave. Yes, perhaps let's uh, spread out and maybe surround the uh, the castle curtain and. Um... The big black wolf growls really low. He seems to like that idea. 
Yes, we'll intimidate the hell out of uh, anything that's in there. You guys do what you do best and kill everything in here that tries to get out. (laughs) They do seem to like the idea, but uh, I wouldn't mind, given that this is sort of Chauncey's time to shine here, but uh, do some dark manipulating. <laughs> all right, yeah, I will totally do necessarily that. Necessarily want to go into the castle all by themselves and. Well, no, I want us to go in the castle, and I want them to be like patrolling it, basically picking everything off that tries to get out of the castle. I just want to just do. Wanna, I just want to sweep and make sure everything is dead in these castle grounds, and hopefully they die in the process. But you never know. I'm not going to tell them that part. <laughs> okay, here we go. Dark negotiator. Eight, eight, woo. Well, that's. That is what they want. That is the that is the deal. They want you all to go in as well. They don't want to be just the shock forces, the shock troops. Oh no, we're all going in. Nothing. Yeah, we're we we have a feeling where we know where the heart of this is. But there's a chance that whatever is down here, its minions might try to escape, and maybe you could just sink your fangs into it and you know just taste a little different kind of flesh tonight. All right. You had best be close behind, says uh, Torn Tongue. And before we move on any further, Lori, you keep asking about whether you think that this is, that you're still in the same realm or not. Um, go ahead and investigate a mystery with only one of those questions really being applicable to that particular idea. But Yeah, well, a couple maybe. Yeah, one main one. <laughs> That, let's see, mystery is plus sharp, which again, no help there. Eight. Yeah, so that question I will ask. What is being concealed here? Is there another realm? Is this the real world? Oh my god. (laughs) Damn, boy. (laughs) (laughs) Lori, new reports at (laughs) ten. But first, today's yeah, news. So, there's something foul afoot. What is really going on here? Easy enough. Lori, you've had this just tickling sensation in the back of your skull. You look around, and maybe it's because the werewolves are here, maybe not, but you sniff the air, and those fogs smell kind of strange and you look up and the clouds are thicker than they were over Bledson but they do break occasionally and you see the full moon up above and another one right behind it and another one right behind that oh yeah and then the clouds close back in but you're pretty sure that one of those moons was a skull ah that's like so cool Yay. (laughs) (laughs) So the the werewolves go in, Torn Tongue leading the way, followed quickly by uh, his pack, and then Lachmar going a little bit slower. He did not care to go in first with all three of them, then following close behind. That's a smart doggy. (laughs) <laughs> then he lopes across the, um, well, the the drawbridge is fallen, cracked partly in two, broken in the middle, and so partially dumped into the moat, which is easier to see now that it's not storming and raining. 
And so he, like the others, just sort of leap across the gap from one uh, section to another and very uh, handily make their way up and then into the uh, castle. For you three, though, it's going to be a little bit more difficult unless you use extreme measures. You'll have to do some more clambering and clawing than what the werewolves had to do. Yeah, the easiest way in, uh, he said it was through the conserv... Well, actually, were we going to wait outside and see if anything came, you know, got flushed by the werewolves? Was that... That was the plan, right? No, the werewolves were definitely of the mindset to have us all go in together. Oh, okay. Never mind. Yeah, we, we were supposed to be coming up right behind Right, them. right, right. So, uh, what about it, uh, Angel Boy? You want to flap with the wings and get us inside? I'm not sure if using my powers in this place is a smart idea at the moment. I think we should uh, find whatever is going on, end it, and remove ourselves from this place as quickly as possible. Fair enough. Okay. And I will gladly climb on the rocks and splash in the water. I follow Lori down onto the rocks and splash in the water. I stare at the water. Is everything okay with these dark water? (laughs) Read a bad situation, Chauncey. I hesitate. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, So what is read a bad situation? Sharp? That is plus Uh, sharp. Alright, my sharp is only plus one, so that is a seven. Hold one. Are there any dangers we haven't noticed? I'm gonna say yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, there probably are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I hate water. I hate it. Well, Chauncey, it's actually okay for you because you held back and kind of looked around. Lori went ahead and just slid down the uh, the part of the drawbridge thing and then started splashing across the water and climbing up the other side. Uh, and then Grace was close behind. Um, so they don't actually see the roiling in the muddy, murky waters off to one side of the fallen drawbridge. Uh, but you do as the great toothed maw of something terrible rises up out of the murk and leaps snapping toward Lori. I was going to make a bathing joke, but then I remembered that Chauncey watched uh, What's-Her-Face get dragged into a bathtub by lots of hands, and he may never take a bath again. <laughs> <laughs> I, have issues with, I have issues with water. Uh, can, I, can I tell him, like, look out! <laughs> Sweet Christmas! <laughs> It's a little late for that, Chauncey! The Gothic Podcast is produced by C. Patrick Nagel, with theme music by Zoe Hovland and cover artwork by Jared George Art. Listen to The Gothic Podcast on Podbean or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow The Gothic Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, or email us at thegothicpodcast at gmail.com. Support for The Gothic Podcast comes from you, our listeners, so please visit our Patreon page. Thanks.